Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I love to boogie. An old T-Rex hit about year two, I guess year two years ago. I don't know, wow, it was hot. Got a lovely lady for you now. Very good record, produced by Bruce Welsh. And a lovely lady again, Stephanie de Sykes. Hello, and welcome to Stalking Time. Oh, I've forgotten whether it's You've for or with. You've done a Mark Bolan. Yours not making any sense. <laughs> it's with the Moon Boys, isn't it? I thought it's for. It's for. Oh, uh, sorry, I was so confused <laughs> by Mark's opening there to uh, Stephanie de Sykes that I decided to go full Mark Bolan. Uh, that it's with me, David Badil, and Tim Hinks, my co-host. Hi. Uh, now we're playing an interesting thing there, which is some of you listening to this show who are our age may remember Mark, the program that Mark Bolan did, sort of. Sort of towards the end. It was of his... right at the end, 1977. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was not far off dying. Dying. Yes, he was not it's far the, off. Now the way of putting uh, well, that. Well, I mean, to be honest, with you, he, he didn't have a sense of not being far off dying because you, you, when you say that, you have a sense of like, well, he was 79. Uh, but no, no, he, I suppose he was. I don't know why he would have been, but he. Uh, I'm sure we can work it out. But he was probably in his 20s still, wasn't he? Yeah, or, yeah. But uh, he was. You know, it was a sort of sense that Mark Bolan had his moment, but now he was coming back with something that yeah. it doesn't happen on television much anymore, which is just a pop star doing a sort of mm. show in which they do songs and mm. have the odd guest on or whatever. I um, think it was like, and I think it was sort of, I think it was like Granada or something. It was like a sort of regional yes. thing to begin with. And uh, as you say, because he'd been through his really fat, druggy period. Yeah. And you're a fan of Mark, aren't you? I, well, I'm a fan or, of. of some of Mark mm. Bolan's work. I've tried quite hard mm. thinking, oh, well, there's probably some obscure Mark Bolan that's interesting, obscure mm. T-Rex. But if you go back to albums called things like My People Had Stars... My People Were Fair and Had Stars, stars in and, Their Hair mm. and The Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth, whatever it's mm. called. That's uh, Blue Planet, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I think if you do that, you'll, you'll find that those songs are all terrible. Um, yeah. Well, but- he... He, he, he uh, yeah, the great songs are great. I think he did the two the two notable thing. He he went from acoustic hippie sort mm. of yeah stars in the beards and all that to stars into in their this, eyes. Into, still, well, in a way that <laughs> someone is the must have done him on stars in their eyes. Uh, yeah, I feel they didn't. Did Jarvis Cock? No, no, that's he did. He did. I don't know. Someone I'm, must have done I'm very him. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to quickly check. Okay, that. but um, he did. Um, then he went very electric and did the whole glam thing and Rider White Swan and all that. Um, Paul Feldon. As Mark Boland. Okay. Shall we, shall we just yeah, very he, quickly... I don't know who Paul Feldman... Who is Paul Feldman? I don't know. He's, Le- he's Leslie Crowther. Leslie Crowther used to do stars in their eyes before Matthew oh, Kelly. Oh, okay, yeah. Who That's knew? a long time ago. 
Here is Paul Feldon. Live, Paul Feldon is Mark Bolan. Well, I think that's a pretty good impression. I don't know of, it, uh, of Marble. It's not bad. It's a bit it, like someone doing a baby voice. Well, that's a slightly bit, stroppy baby voice. But isn't that what Mark Bolan did? Uh, never quite. Voice. Well, I think what was brilliant about he sang in English, didn't he? English accent is one of the first ones to go very English, for it's slightly fey yeah. with an English accent. Yeah. And that's what you think. When I first heard him, I thought, God, I'd never heard anyone sing quite like that. Yeah. Not Paul Feldon. Not Paul. Uh, <laughs> although I haven't really heard anyone sing like that, to be honest, either. <laughs> well, you've never heard Paul Feldon sing before. I Who wish you had. He's a, I, I think he mm. said earlier that he was some kind of right. fitter of things to Leslie okay. Crowther. What I do think was really amazing about that clip is, and I don't know if this always happened on Stars in Their Eyes, is he comes on as Mark Bolan yeah. and he does get it on. But the audience applaud. Hot love. As, is it hot love? Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> he comes on and he does hot love. Yeah. Uh, he comes on and he does a very famous Mark Bolan yeah. track. Yeah. And the audience applaud as if, Oh, good, he's doing this one. <laughs> you know, like yeah. people do yeah, yeah, at yeah. a sort of Frank Sinatra concert yes. when he does my way. Yeah. You know, yes, exactly. But, but clearly they've just been told to applaud whatever it is. That if he'd done an acoustic number <laughs> yeah. from My my People yeah. Had Stars in Their Hair yeah. and The World Is Round, yeah. <laughs> they'd have applauded with that yes. as well. What is Paul Feldon going to do for us? Is he going to give us one of his hits? <laughs> yes, yeah. he is. Yeah. Oh, he's so. doing one of our bonus <laughs> hits. That's a thing. So, anyway, all this is in lieu of something which we which I wanted to talk about which is Stephanie de Sykes. Mm. Uh, now, Stephanie de Sykes was on the first episode of Mark, and it's a thing that Mark does there, which is clearly Mark didn't have an auto cue because mm. what he actually says, as far as I can make out, is that was... Uh, what does he talk about? Uh, what's the first song he talked about? He it, talks about having done um, Born to Boogie, you mean? Yeah, Born to I Boogie. To, sorry, I Love uh, to Boogie. I Love to Boogie. Yeah. He sort of says, I mean, in a very Mark Bowler, it's almost like Mark Bowler doing an impression of Mark Bowler. Yes. Uh, you know, we did Born to Boogie and then <laughs> something happened. But I think he great. gets thrown. It might be worth listening again, but <laughs> yeah, I think when he says to. I Love to Boogie, I think he starts to say that was two years ago, which yeah. I don't think is true, and throws <laughs> himself with having to do something as menial as think about the timeline of his career and then just sort of collapses. And we should say, by the way, I bet people, are, if they're listening, are saying, but you know that David Bowie, we do know that Bowie was on it as well. Yeah, not, I mean, that's obviously a notable thing as well. Yeah, I mean, we are mm. doing this partly because mm. Bowie did Heroes mm. on, I think, the last episode of Mark, Yeah, I think it was. Which on. may have been the first time he did Heroes on British television. Maybe. I think. But anyway, uh, it also had uh, people applauding in animation. Mm. Uh, here they are, yeah. applauding in animation. Right, so Mark comes to a chair. All right, a bit tired. All right. <laughs> I love to boogie. An old T-Rex hit about year two, I guess, year two years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, it's hot. A lovely lady for you now. No, what he actually says is, about two years ago, I don't know. Wow, it's hot. <laughs> also, Mark, you raised that it was two years ago. Don't then say, I don't know. <laughs> no one else said it was two years. Yeah, and also, you should know, although to be fair to Mark, time may have slightly compressed. Well, the thing is, because he had done lots of drugs and drinking yeah. and everything, he was allegedly getting back on the road and feeling feeling better, but he sounds absolutely, <laughs> he's, doesn't he? He's, well, he's, he sounds completely gone. Mm. Uh, but I, as I say, I get the impression that 
someone at Granada said to Mark, mm. shall we do you like an auto cue and a script right. or whatever? And Mark said, no, hey, He man. said, I don't know, it's a hot in the I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think he said, hey, man, I'll just do it, man. I'll just, yeah. uh, I'll just say whatever, you know. And then that word goes a bit wrong at this point, <laughs> that, that I'll just wig it thing. Uh, but anyway, what he, do, what he does do is interview introduce Stephanie de Sykes by saying twice that she's a lovely she's woman. Not, I, really, yeah, yeah. I really love the fact that he can't think of anything to say, so he just says it's, she's yeah. a lovely woman again. Also, says yeah, she says the word again. <laughs> yes. He's telling himself, I'm saying it again. Yeah. <laughs> so the, re- the reason that I'm mentioning all this is one of the things we like to do on this show is see if there's some kind of connection to Bowie uh, that we can create between ourselves. And here is the connection. Bowie was on Mark, and Stephanie de Sykes is the mum of a mate of mine that I right. play football with called Barney Slater. He actually told me another connection, which is that his dad... And we may have to check this out, but I might ask you to check it out mm. while I'm talking. His dad, Stuart Slater, who was in a band called The Mojos, at least co-wrote a song that's on pinups. Now, I don't okay. know which song that will be. He's, Barney told me last night when I was playing football with him, which is, you know, means we weren't focusing as much on the game as we should have done. Uh, but, yeah, he, his dad, Stuart Slater, wrote, co-wrote a song that's on okay, pinups. So that's having... another connection. So I said to him, well... well I think that song is Everything's All Right. Oh, Yeah. Which was by the Mojos, is it? I think it's by... See, I, I've never heard of the Mojos. Everything's All Right, originally recorded by the Mojos. Right. Um, Shall we hear a bit of it? You know I've been away Oh, little baby You know I'm home today And don't you know that Everything's All Right Now, interestingly, that's written, because we can see it on the thing by Crouch, Conrad, Stavely, James and Carlson. Yeah. Which is a bit confusing because Barney's dad is called Stuart Slater. Yeah, he doesn't... And I, think the, I think Stavely, he might originally be called Stuart Stavely. Well, no, I, what it says here yeah. is that Simon Stavely is in quotes, right? Simon Stavely is in quotes. Simon Stavely is in quotes as if it's a... Um, it's not you know, a real name, which it isn't. It's a pseudonym... Not a great pseudonym, is no. it? For keyboardist Terence O'Toole, which is a much better name than Simon Stavely. So hang on, so is Stuart Slater in the Mojos or not? Because he's not mentioned. It doesn't here. seem that he is. I'm just. Well, looking. No, he must be. Hang on. Oh no, hang on. I thought I saw. Okay, Stuart Slater. Here we go. The Mojos. Pianist Stu James, or right, Stuart Slater. That. Okay, so he's one of the writers, mm. uh, and Bowie's version. Mm. Let's just hear it. <laughs> So that's Bowie singing Everything's All Right uh, from pinups on some show that I've never yeah, seen I don't before. That. Looks amazing. I mean, it's interesting in itself because it's part of Bowie's past, isn't it? It's yeah. like the reason he covered that is that, of course, he was in endless R&B yes. kind of bluesy bands in yeah. the 60s. And he must have loved the Mojos, presumably when it came out in 1964. Yeah, and on the back of pinups, I can't remember, he talks about some of those clubs, isn't it? Ricky yeah. Ticks or, you know, and some of those blues clubs. And it's quite an R&B sort of album, isn't it, pinups? Is there a sort of... Is there, I haven't read it. Is there, is there like a bit written by him on the back yeah, of pinups? Yeah, there's quite a fun bit written on the back of pinups in sort of pen. 
Oh, right. Um, I don't think he did each one. I think it's a print yeah, uh, of his pen. Yeah. And he, he writes about we used to, where he saw them first, like the marquee. Right. And then he puts that Bowie thing of Ricky Ticks and then question mark, have I spelt it right? And that sort of, you know, oh, so okay. you sort so of think, oh, maybe he's, well, there's a message there. Or maybe he just didn't know if he'd spelt it right. Yeah, it probably could be that. he might have not known how to spell um, Ricky Ticks. So there's a bit of that heritage thing. Right, um, but that's clearly, clearly mm, where this comes from. Yeah. So... All this is, is is to get to the point. <laughs> no, it's taking a long time. Taking which is that this mate of mine, Barney, his dad is Stuart Slater, and his mum is Stephanie de Sykes. So there are two connections with Bowie, with him. And I have said to him a number of times, and I do apologise if you're listening, Barney, I don't think he'll be bothered, or if you're listening, Stephanie, did Stephanie sleep with Mark right. Rowland right. Uh, on, uh, when she was on Mark? Because Stephanie's very attractive at the mm. time, and Mark certainly was a bit of a shagger. Mm. Um and he he sort of gave the impression she probably had, right? Uh, right. Her son gave the impression she probably had. What with a face? Just sort of. Okay, well, actually, we discussed this yesterday after football, right? And he and he claimed he never actually confirmed it. Uh, right. And, and I said, well, I thought you said she had. And he said, well, I just sort of went along with your idea that she probably had. Right. So I think that's definitely a fact. Therefore, and she's because you know when I because we were talking a little bit about her, I googled her. It's definitely decided. So because I knew that I sort of knew the name. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't recall it and. The second, I mean, it's the second search thing. When you put Stephanie de Sykes in, yeah. it says uh, Stephanie de Sykes' death yeah. is what it says, but she's not... Well, well I think it seems unlikely to me that if me and Barney, her son, were chatting yesterday very sort of like lightheartedly yes. about whether or not she slept with Mark Bolan, you know, about how maybe right. we should talk about today the song that his dad wrote, that he wouldn't have also said, mm. oh, and also she's dead. He didn't say, oh, I wish I could find out, but I can't. No, <laughs> no. Just, yeah. no he oh, didn't well, mention case, her death at all. So no. I'm guessing she's not dead. No, well, that's and good. that's the thing that Google does, which is that someone who, for better or worse, has perhaps not been in the public eye for yes. a while, people just think they're dead. Yes. So anyway, Stephanie Sykes is actually most famous for doing I Was Born With A Smile On My Face. That's her right. most famous right. song, uh, which I think she had in, in the 60s. Anyway, that long... Which, by the way, was one of the most disturbing births you could have, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Delivering a baby with a smile on its face. Well, do we mean that... The ba- yeah, the baby's got a smile on his face. She, she, the woman, very rarely has a smile on their face. When no, but she's saying, "I was born with a smile on my yeah, face." Yeah, that would be frightening. I think it'd be absolutely frightening that it's yeah. got the muscular... it's like a horror the... film moment. Yeah, if totally. It, if it was properly smiling, first it'd have teeth, <laughs> yeah, to properly smile. So that would be very frightening. I don't think that's necessarily true, but well, I suppose it could be a closed mouth smile. You could definitely smile without teeth. Yeah, that's true. But if you do smile, well, if you smile without teeth and it's an open mouth smile, that's already quite frightening. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, no, I just mean you can, yeah, you can do an open-mouth smile without teeth. <laughs> you can, you can, teeth are not essential for opening the no, mouth. No, no, they're not. No, that's a good yeah. point. Uh, but yes, Stephanie Sykes. Uh, well, one that. step worse would be I was born laughing hysterically. <laughs> that would be even more disturbing. Even more disturbing, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, normally, in fact, people are born crying and screaming yeah. and not smiling, yeah. in my experience. But I don't know if that would make such a good song. Which is often how they die, but let's yeah. keep it I was light. born crying and shouting, then I yeah. got slapped, and then I was okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, here's the thing. I've, we're finally getting to it, mm. which is... So I, I said to Barney, oh, look, you know, your mum might have slept with Mark Bolan. That's exciting. Did she know Bowie? You know, and obviously a slight suggestion of did she sleep with Bowie? Um, yeah. And he said, oh, you're better off speaking to my dad's first wife, who is called Jeanette Ross, right. who actually posts on her Twitter feed, right. and I think on her Facebook feed, pictures of her and Bowie. Right. And so I uh, asked him to get in touch with Jeanette mm. to see if we could phone her today. And I'll be honest with you, all through last night and today, he was saying, oh, she's normally quite keen to talk about it, but she, she doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, and she said, she said things like, oh, I only knew him before he was famous, and they won't want to hear about that. And I said, mm. no, 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 we do want to hear mm. about that. And so I don't think it was going to happen. And then mm. literally just before the podcast started, I got a call uh, or a, an email from him mm. saying, yeah, here's her number. So Jeanette is available. So in... she knew she knew Bowie in the 60s, yes. we'll find out. That's well, what you're yeah. saying. Well, and... we can call her. She's in right, Portugal. Right. Shall we call her? Yeah. Do you know there's another shameless thing? Did you see over the weekend, this weekend being June the 20 or something, mid-20s of June, um, that Carrie Fisher says she woke up next to David Bowie in sometime in 1974 or 5. I did, did you know read that, that, but someone mentioned it to me yesterday right. when I was talking about this. Mm. We were, I was actually right. at a curry house because we, we have a curry after every football match. Okay. Uh, it might, it, that's negating any health benefit yeah. you may have got from the football. Uh, and I was talking about, about exactly this and Barney right. was telling me about his dad writing the song with yeah. pin-ups. And then someone said, well, you could ask Carrie Fisher, but yes. she's dead. And I didn't really know what that meant, and now you've explained right. it to me. What do you have when you have a curry? Uh, well, it's a like? curry place in Holloway Road, and I'm, I don't think it's as good as all that. Uh, all what? I don't think it's the best curry house right. that we, we use. We, right. we've been, I've been playing in this okay. match for 30 years. We always go for a curry. Right. We've been to various curry houses. I don't think this is the best one. What? Uh, but I yesterday, so I keep trying different things in mm. the hope of finding a good curry. Okay. Yesterday I went for a chicken Rogan Josh. It oh, was look. all right. But here's the real problem with this mm. curry house. All the curries taste the same. Okay. Whichever one you get, right. it all tastes the yeah. same. Yeah, uh, it's a nice plug for them. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's the standard on Holloway Road. Okay, if you're listening, or maybe the clues in the name. Yeah, but um, I, I very, very briefly, I, I, I just because we will get to, I, I went to, um, I used to live in the Oval in South London. Are you going to talk about curry now? Yeah, just very, I was just going to tell you one. It's okay. a, just a small detail about right. what people have because I went. There's a curry house there which is called Gandhi's. Um, right which is uh, often quoted because it's quite near the House of Commons, you know, Parliament, right. uh, Kennington Oval. And, um, for example, when they, the global crisis hit, do you remember they all sent out for curry, Gordon Brown? No, I don't it? remember that. Yeah, so they sent why? out, because uh, they did an all-night session and oh, they right. fancied so, so they go there. <laughs> they go to, to, to Gandhi's and lots of politicians go there. Ken Clark used to go there. Stuff. But I was there um, during the period that Jack Straw was Home Secretary. Right. Um, and he was in there in the far corner when me and some mates, I think after football, were in there. Right. And I said to the waiter, who they were really lovely there, said, um, is there any way you could tell me what 
um, he's having, what Jack Straw's having. Right. I think I'd like to have that, just right. as a sort of thing to do. Yeah. Um, and he said, he looked so at he's me. He said, having no fat. Well, no, he said, he's, <laughs> <laughs> which is harder to carry out. He said, um, he said, you have to give me a second. He looked a bit concerned. And then he went over and spoke to one of the security people right. who was with Jack Straw, his home secretary. So do you always ask people what curry No, I just was struck by me. thinking I just quite liked to know. Yeah. yeah, I quite like curries. I'm interested. Oh, I love curries, yeah. 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 Um, they all taste the same, don't they? They're lovely. Do <laughs> um, the standard. Is the, um, and he came over and said the words I've, I'll probably never hear again, which is, the Home Secretary is having lambuna, <laughs> which is generally what he said. Um, well, that is a good story. So no, it turned out to be excellent story, but I'm going to have to stop it there, Yeah, which is I think we should now call Jeanette Ross, yeah. who, as I say, uh, is on Twitter, often posts... The picture that she's posted most recently is a picture of her foreground playing a flute or a recorder yeah. or a penny whistle or something, and Bowie is in the background with a violin, but holding the violin as if it's a ukulele. Yeah, he's playing it wrong, isn't he? And she acts David Bowie real... Uh, was he still alive when she when he put this on? Oh, I don't know. She wonder if she was, yes, it was 2014, so okay. I think she was rather hoping that he might respond. Uh, anyway, the last time he was ever at the back, he, he, she says, and then she does a hashtag with nothing on it, just a okay. hashtag. So wow. I think maybe she can quite understand Twitter at that point. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was Tuesday the 19th of August, 1965. Uh, not that she posted that, that would have been amazing. Wow. stay uh, off that, she, that photograph was taken. Uh, don't make it all about you. It's all I wasn't born then either, so... <laughs> Hello, Jeanette. It's David Baddiel here. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Sitting in the sunshine. Lovely. Where do you live? Uh, I live in London, but I'm actually in Portugal at the moment. OK. Uh, which part of Portugal? Uh, the Algarve. The Algarve. How lovely. OK, yeah, well, that's... Quinta de Largo, around that area. Very lovely. That's a lovely place to be. OK, so just very... In any way you want, just tell us how you knew David. Um, well, back in those days, he just used to hang around with us. We always used to help those sort of... We used to live in a place in Golders Green called Seven Park Avenue, which became quite quite well-known for people just turning up. We had a, a, a studio there as well, um, and everybody used to come around there and jam. But before that, though, I um, met him really in the West End, hmm. um, and he was just, just a mate. Right. I can't say any more than that, you know. He was very young. I was going out with Ray Davis and the Kinks at the time. Oh, what? my God. On, oh, what? you were going out with Ray Davis. How brilliant. Jeanette, this is extraordinary. Yeah. What, what years are we... And where, where, when are we talking about here? Sort of mid-60s, are we? Six, yeah, 64, 60, yeah. 64, you were going out with Ray Davis in 1964? Yes, I so was. So was that not really still... complicated? Because they were massive stars then, the Kinks. Yes. Yeah, they were. Wow. <laughs> and uh, we're still friends. Oh, well, that's nice. I see I see Ray yeah. occasionally around North London and Muswell Hill and places like that. Um, but, oh, right, OK. But, but you, well, you can mention my name next time. I will, I, I will, although I don't. I, so far I don't actually stop him and say, hello, Ray, although I have thought about doing that. <laughs> so that's given me a reason, so that's good. But what were you were you on the music scene then? Yeah, well, I actually um, made a record at the time as well. Oh, what, um, what's it called? Was, can, can, can we with, fi- find um, it? Believe it or not, it was called "I Want a Beetle for Christmas." Oh, oh yeah, I've I heard want of a that. beetle and, for Christmas. Uh, yes. How did it do? And, um, not very well. I don't oh. think it did something. I can't remember. It was tipped to the top forty, but I think it sort of got to about. I think it got to about thirty. I'm not quite sure now. But okay. it actually came out in America as well. Right. And, did, and Jeanette, um, did you just while we're up? Did you know the Beatles as well? Were they part of your? Or? I met them when we did 
that. I can't say that I knew them. They, they sort of shot to fame before everybody else. Yes. So by the time we were all kind of hanging around and being, you know, quite being friends, I was, you know, um, the Who and people like that, um, they were already, you know, up there. Right. Um, so, you, so you're so you're with Ray Davis, and then Ray introduces you to David, or David just just turns up at a Kinks no, gig. No, no, he was just used to hanging around with us. Right. Um, Fiona Adams took a photograph of us, and she thought he was just my mate. She had no idea who he was at all when she took the photograph, or who he would be, if you like. Yes. Mm. Well, um, did you did you have any sense of that? Did you have any sense that here is a man who's clearly got amazing potential, or did you just think he's a, he's this bloke who's hanging around? He's <laughs> just a bloke that's hanging around. He was actually quite shy. Right. Um, believe it or not, he was, yeah. He was no, I do believe shy. that. I mean, I have met yeah. him. I've met him. Oh, uh, right. Obviously, much later on, and when he was very, very David Bowie legend, and I was very excited, but I did even get a sense yeah. then... Then that, that maybe that there was a shyness about him, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Did so you, he was quite awkward in lots of ways. Did you feel and was music was very important to him at that point? Was it? He was really trying to find his way, and he was in. Um, I guess so. I suppose we all, you know, everybody was, but mm. it wasn't sort of like, um, you know, oh my god, I want to be famous then. You know, yeah. like now, you know, kids say, oh, I'm going to be famous tomorrow mm. if I you know, go on the X Factor or something. I don't think people thought like that. They were much more Did you see him artistic. Did you see him perform or do any music? No. Oh, yeah, years later, yes, yeah, sorry. No, yeah, no, but, years, I'm, but back, back, back then, did you back see... Back then, no. Because oh, so, no. he, he was in lots of bands, you know, the Conrads and yes, the, the Buzz. Yeah, well, they all, they all were in those days. I mean, for instance, like Jimmy Page was on our record, you know? Was he? People like that. Which Jimmy record? Page is yeah, on the Beatles' I Want a Beatle for Christmas. No, yeah, I Want a Beatle for Christmas. <laughs> wow. That's, well, because he was a session musician at the time, wasn't he, I suppose? So. Yes, he was. He was mm. on everything, yeah. And but, I can still see him now in the studio just leaning against the wall, looking quite bored, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love that. God, he's not exactly helping your morale there, was he? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> brilliant, though. There seems to be someone called Becky Lee Beck. I want to be for Christmas. Is that something different? Yes. yes okay. There's yes. obviously a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll find it. But... it it's what this this one is. Um, I want to, it, It's Ringo Bells. So it start, yeah, it's Ringo Bells. Ringo Bells. Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo Bells. Okay. Wow. I see. That's a brilliant that sounds pun. Extraordinary. Yeah. You, re, you read about what you read about when you read about that period, and you can answer this in any way you want. Jeanette, you don't have to. Is that you read that there are lots of drugs and bad behaviour going on? Any comment on that? Jeanette? Was that was that sort of? Um, no, I, well, it was it was Purple Hearts, and that was about it. I think. Oh, Purple right. Hearts and Black Bombers—they were dreadful. <laughs> Keep you awake okay. for three days, so we're wow. trying to avoid those. So you but otherwise. It was- you were with Ray. You knew David yeah. as a mate. Uh, were there, I mean, we're just going to ask you a very bald. Were there lots of what other big stars at the time were you close to? Um, the Who. Oh, the Who, right? Um, yeah, they were friends with us, and um, well, the Mojos. The Mojos, yes. <laughs> now, the, let me ask the you about Mojo's the Mojos thing. because okay. we, we we've been um, talking about them because I didn't really know until Barney told me yesterday. That David recorded "Everything's All Right" on pinups, so that yes, means he did. that yes. means that your ex-husband Stuart yes. has got a credit uh, on on a Bowie album, presumably. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's thrilled to death about that. Yeah, yeah. and actually, there is a YouTube. Yeah. There's YouTube footage of Bowie doing it 
somewhere in which Bowie clearly loves the song. It's really he's really get, getting into it. But I yeah. I'm not aware of the Mojos. Were they were they a bit of a thing for a little while? Well, they were. From, yeah, they were from Liverpool. They had uh, they had number one. Um, oh, they right. had a, a three three top ten singles. Wow. Um, so they came out. You know when all, that was all going on. You know. Okay. Um, and then, and then, and then uh, so without, I mean, I may be asking you too much now, but did you leave Ray for Stuart? Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then he, then he met somebody else and married her. And, yes. And was Ray, how was Ray about it? How was Ray? Was then, that... I my, then I had my daughter, um, yeah. who is uh, Barney's. Sister. Yeah. Uh, all right. Look, yeah, it's been well, lovely, it's lovely to talk to you. Really lovely. Thank you so much. Um, and you know, have a Pleasure. lovely time. Have a lovely rest of the, your holiday in Portugal. I'm going to go and have a nice large coffee now. Good. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> that very much. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 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 Nice to talk okay. to you. Bye. 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 Wow. That was great. I thought what was most interesting about it was something which he kind of knew already, but which is which is that Bowie was sort of. He was a sort of hanger-on in the 60s, sort of like desperately yes. knocking on the door yeah. of fame. And someone like Jeanette yeah. was sort of more in there. Hmm. Um, I think what we do have to do I tell you what's is clear up the issue with I Want a Beetle for yeah. Christmas. Well, when you, I'd, I've been Googling away while we were talking, yeah. and the reason I mentioned Becky Lee Beck, who yeah. Jeanette said she hadn't heard of, is because that, <laughs> that's what comes up. Oh, is it? Um, Does Jeanette not come up if you Google her and I Want no, a Beetle for Christmas? No, but maybe okay. I'll play it now. Look, this is it kicking in. <laughs> Turn it off. Oh, oh no, it's back. I'll try Fidelity. It says, I wish it wasn't. Uh, although, interestingly, if you Google it, there's something here that says, that I want to be for Christmas, song by the fans. Yeah, So okay. maybe she was in that one. What's that, then? Although that says released 2009, which seems a bit no, but that, I've got that 1964, that one. So try that. Try, let's try that one. Yeah. OK, I want to be for Christmas again, I'm afraid. This, this one, when you Google it, it's got a sort of cartoon of John and Paul uh, on right, the image. Right. Here it is. See if it's any different. Jeanette. There she is. Brilliant. That's amazing. You know, that's much better than the one that first comes up. I think that's a great track. So Jimmy Page better. on guitar, yeah. although with a picture of him standing against a wall looking bored. Is there a that's what Jeanette said. That's what she remembers Well, to be head. fair to, to Jimmy, I don't think it's his most challenging piece of guitar. No, it's probably not to his... to, say, you know, immigrant song or yeah, whatever. that's right. But, but And yet, in some ways, it is to try and create the atmosphere of that record. It's lovely. I mean, it's a fan record, but there's something quite special so, about it. So it? that's really interesting, which mm. she didn't say, which is presumably she was just bust in by... Ray Davis or whoever. Mm, mm. It's like, oh yeah, my girlfriend will sing this, and yeah. then she never got any credit for it. It's just called the fans. No, it's, yeah, you know, but that is def- that's clearly her. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely you know? her. Yeah, um, that's sort of brilliant. I, sort of I love, love that, that we found that. And yeah. I think it's interesting, isn't it, when she talks about there's that world back there. Oh, she said she went to a convent, you know, and actually there's um, I can't remember if Patty Boyd went to a convent, I but did. I think certainly that's um, a bit of a thing, yeah. Right, and certainly Marianne Faithful did, and yeah. so you. You've got those women, going, women yeah, going into yeah, and going into that scene. But 
quite tough about it. You know, yeah. not not going off the rails where maybe Marianne did a bit, yeah. but just being quite tough, quite matter of fact about it. Yeah, you know, taking then, a few amphetamines, but nothing, no big shakes. And then deciding to have relationships with rock stars. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh, here amazing. is, by the way, if anyone's worried, here is Bowie and Mark Bolan on. Mark. <laughs> just that yeah I'll tell you what happens okay it's a famous thing not that famous okay, I'm well, to tell I you, didn't know but, that but basically I don't know if you want to play the intro because a bit like the intro earlier Mark does this intro where he talks about the cats in the band you know who they are uh, okay because he again finds himself trapped by his <laughs> own thank you for goodbye and all the boys in the band David everybody or the cats, you know they are. This is a new song. Yeah, well, clearly, Mark doesn't know. Who no, but also, they are. He's, I've forgotten that he says thank you for goodbye. <laughs> so, he's got he's got all the words in his mind. <laughs> not a bit, the right bit of him's interjecting, saying this is for the goodbye. So right, thank, thank you, you for, for goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> he's should have been on question time. He's so clear he's thinking. Sad, he's so great. We might have to possibly later in another show put together a compilation of Mark Bowler's best intros from Mark but, but I'm going to say he, something slightly serious about Mark mm. though the programme which is if you watch the first one and probably all of them it's an incredibly fascinating cultural moment mm. because he has on and this is a really brilliant thing in a way he has on the jam on the first yes. one he has a oh, I the can't damned yes. no it's not the damned when he does on the damned later there's a, there's also one of those punk bands who right. never made it right. on it it's right. brilliant because they're sort of like they haven't quite got punk right yes, on it right. they've got like mullets and stuff like yes. that but then he also has some dancers on who are like Pan's people he has Stephanie Sykes yes. on going do 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 yes. it's like completely yeah, that yeah. moment where the sort of soft rock sort of you know top of the pops rubbishy yes. part of the 70s meets punk yes. And then he's also got Bowie on. I mean, yes. it's unbelievably interesting. It incredibly reminds me of what it was like to be watching telly at yes. that time, when right. no one quite knew what was happening with culture. Yeah, yeah. And also there are so few platforms for it that they squeeze it all through one. When when not, when something opens up like the Mark Show, everyone's rushing to get in on mm. it. So so different, yeah. So yeah. what happens is he plays this song, which I think is called Standing Together yeah. with Bowie, that one you just heard, the instrumental. You don't get to the singing... Because basically, it's the 1970s, there's a very fixed hours the studio crew can work, and they are about to finish their shift, and the unions say, oh, right. so you couldn't do a, you couldn't extend it by an hour, you couldn't right. have an overrun. No. Bo, they're running, they, they, they've run out of rehearsal time, they start playing it, the credits start rolling, Mark falls off the stage. And Does he? Yeah, I you didn't can see, he far. falls off the stage, and they can't do a retake, and they just sort of do a hard cut. So oh, it's a disaster. I, every time I try and get back to it, I see Paul Mark then Felden. goes to his dressing room and starts crying, apparently. This is really? Story. He was really upset by it. And it ends like that, because they couldn't do a retake, because they'd gone to the end of And the, that was the last time he was on telly? And that was the last time he was... I think that was the last time he was on telly. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Uh, and he's with all the cats in the band. You, you he's know with all the cats in the band. OK, well, I just see got to see that. Hang on, let's see him fall off stage. <laughs> Oh, yes, he's fallen off. And he's laughing. He's laughing at that point. And, then it's sort and of now David's laughing. They both think it's funny. Oh, they give up, yeah. I, <laughs> that's it. That's the end. And they, oh, don't, and they, they can't, can't redo that because of 1970s union regulations. Union regulations, which ultimately killed Mark Bolan. No, he hit a tree when he right. was drunk. OK, yeah, it's a combination of things. <laughs> well, look, all I'm saying is thank you for goodbye to Mark. <laughs> uh, How long do you think a dog would howl for, realistically? What if it was not like one howl? One howl. One howl. Like one howl is. I'd say about twenty-five seconds. Okay, because 
re-listening to Future Legends <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> it struck me for and the first time... It's a long howl. ..that the howl is not just long, yeah. but also stops being a howl in a way that we both love the sort of theatre of that. Right? Yeah. It just so, it's I've never really... thought that's an actual dog. Right, but it really, really stops being a, any sense of a dog about halfway through and becomes a bit silly. Shall um, we find out who actually did the howling? Oh, no, it's a synthesizer, surely. Oh, is it a synthesizer? Yeah, it can't be a... Oh, I thought it was someone going, ooh! No, well, if you have a and listen... Then, and then it's put through a synthesizer or have something. Have a listen. It, it's, uh, it's much too long and turns into something quite... Banal. It's just a, it's just a, they, they should have cut out earlier, shouldn't they? Well, it just turns I, into well, a synthesizer. I think the idea note. is that it turns into the music backing from having been a howl. I mean, it is a howl. There, now it's stopping. I think that arguably is someone going, oh! But then it's put through a synthesizer. Do you think? Well, I yeah. don't know. No, no. But I don't know. To me, it just starts to sound like a synth note. Uh, yeah, well, I think um, that's the idea. Well, it we sounds vaguely I... disappointing more than I'd realised, but we can get over that because it's the most extraordinary track and album. Yeah. But we've talked before about how he he tried to do Future Legend a couple of times, Glass Spider. Yes. And then, do you know I Am With Name of Outside? I've heard I've okay. heard the title. I don't know if I've ever played it. Is it also like a version of Future? Oh, I think it's another Future Level, but this is even more ridiculous. Even what, worse than Glass Spider? Yeah. Okay, let's hear that. I started with no enemies of my own. I was an artist in a tunnel. But I've been having a midi-life crisis. And I've been dreaming in a and ape men with the metal parts. Now that sounds to me like he said midlife crisis y. Yeah. <laughs> Did he actually say that? He does, yeah. <laughs> Can we just hear that? He said he um <laughs> He's slightly sort of Chaucerian. Yeah, he's isn't called, it? Yeah, That's he what he is. Chaucerian, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah, he does say something. I was an artist in the tunnel. But I've been having a midlife crisis. Midi, 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 life, life. A midi life crisis. Midi life crisis. Well, the synthesizer's having a midi life yeah, crisis, I mean, certainly. And that, you it, know what it really sounds like? Mm. It sounds like in 80s Doctor Who, mm. yes. when he finally meets the head of the Daleks. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, yeah, Stavros. Stavros. Is, it? Is he yeah. actually Stavros? That's the, that that's seems, the potato head in the. It's also the character, Harry Enfield character. Oh, hang on. Davros. <laughs> <laughs> Davros, not Stavros. I've been yeah. running the Garlics and the Daleks. But it sounds very like. Various times that Doctor Who has met mm. Davros, and Davros has done a speech about how uh, you have found me, Doctor. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly and, uh, that. And I yeah. shall now, blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah. he di- or he's dying off of Davros, yeah. and then somehow. Sounds exactly like that. But it's interesting how that feels more dated than Future Legend, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Future Legend, 20 years earlier, yeah. sounds incredible and mystic, you know, sort of magical yeah. and. And that sounds, as you say, like a sort of cheap Doctor Who, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, um, and, which is a bit tragic because, of course, mm. outside it was, I think, Bowie's big attempt to be relevant. But it's Brian Eno's back on the scene. Oh, so, it's always yeah. a problem. Um, always a problem. Yeah, yeah, and they did it completely without rehearsal. Well, you can tell that. Yeah. They came in <laughs> they without... They did that knowing. without rehearsal? They did, well, they did it without any fixed idea of what they were going to do, so they turned up... He's a, he is a character here, we should say. He's Ramona A. Stone, because actually at one point Ramona says, I've hid my heart in and I hate the funny coloured English. Right. Which sounds a little bit racist. 
Right. Although, is it racist because he's saying the English? English so the Ramona yes. yeah. doesn't like the funny coloured English. Because no. it was a time when England were playing in kind of a weird sky blue strip. Graham Taylor often used to send so out in sky blue by yeah. like Coventry City. Yeah. And that always used to bother me. Yeah, and it's so in that the, might be what he means. And it's in the midi nineties. Yeah, it's in the um, midi nineties. So <laughs> we should probably go. I think it's time to say thank you for goodbye. <laughs> thank you. You know who they are. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.